All right, welcome to the First uh, Thessalonians class. This is First Thessalonians class number 12, and we'll be in chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Today we're going to start in verse number 14. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse number 14, this is a great passage of scripture, very po- uh, very popular uh, passage of scripture here. Verse number 14 and on down through verse 28, you might really categorize it verse 16 through about verse number 25 or 26. If, if you're looking at just the specific uh, short verse types of scripture that you find in this passage of scripture, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. A lot of people are very familiar with this passage of Scripture in First Thessalonians chapter 5. But it really is a great passage uh, from verse number 14 and on. They really are tied together. Uh, you recognize only two words in verse 16, three words in verse 17. Some of these verses are a little longer, like verse 18. But each one of these verses have a short little saying, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. That's verse 21. And th- those could be little sermonettes within themselves. Great statements uh, all. Rejoice evermore. Great statement. Great words to live by. Pray without ceasing. That's a great statement. Great words to live by. But these... Uh, short verses, as I said before, verse 16 down through about verse 25. It's a very popular passage of Scripture because they are short, little, punchy verses of Scripture. But really, they are tied together with verse 14 and 15, verse 27 and 28. So we will look at these things and try to finish these uh uh, verses up here and finish up the book of First Thessalonians uh, in one shot. We'll at least try to do that here tonight. So let's look in verse number 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Uh, so here is people who need a warning. Now in, in these last days and as the days progress and as the world becomes more liberal and that people are more uh, used to the idea of being tolerant towards things that really don't deserve tolerance, then uh, you might come to the place where you say, well, if somebody's unruly, you just need to understand their background or you need to look at them and understand where they came from. Uh, But the Bible says warn them that are unruly. And really the only thing that you have to understand is that they are unruly. And what is called for is a warning. You really don't. Now we know that the wages of sin is death. We know that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A person's background and what brought them to this point really isn't the important uh, factor. The important factor is that Christ died for their sins. Whatever their background is, wherever they came from, whatever their environment, they've come to the place where that as a society, as a family, as an individual, they are unruly and what they need is a warning. Now this is the Bible. This is not what some uh, scientist says. This is not what some psychologist feels like is the best way to approach. The best approach is to take advantage of of man's uh, most uh, susceptible factor and that is the fear factor hey this is my warning to you Uh, in this part of your life you're being unruly and God is going to judge it and God is going to judge it for sure 
and God is going to judge you in the fierceness of his wrath and God is calling you to repentance. You're to change your heart. You're to change your mind. You're to change your actions in regards to these things and walk in God's way. And it's a it's a honest, sincere call to repentance. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. That is, that is the... That is the calling of the day. That is the calling of this generation. Warn them that are unruly. Do you see something in their life that's unruly? Then something needs to rule that aspect of their life. And I submit to you that there's nothing better to rule the unruliness of man than God's word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So he says, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. See, now this is not all just a negative ministry. Some ministries are all positive and they're not ministries at all. Some ministries are all negative and they're not ministries at all. God has no such ministries that are all positive or all negative. And whatever extreme that you go to, you're, you're really getting out of the boat and trying to walk on the water. And you're most definitely going to sink in that uh, thing that you're trying to do. It's not going to work out. There's not going to be uh, a good, well-rounded balance. See, God is not all judgment. God is judgment. God will judge, but God will forgive. And God is God has uh, made uh, great provision for fallen man. God has died for man. God has sent His Holy Spirit into the world as a comforter. God has sent His preachers into the world to preach the gospel to them that are lost and God has promised to return again God has promised to judge all these things are true it's not just one aspect it's not all wickedness is going to be judged and it's not all righteousness is going to be rewarded it's not it's not either one of those things but it's all of those things together and preached in a well uh, a well-rounded way now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble-minded Support the weak. See, we're not all strong. Some of us are weak. And then on top of all that, he says, be patient toward all men. Uh, you might try to comfort somebody and don't have the best results right away, but you're going to have to have patience. Well, you know, I said two good words to him. I don't know why he hadn't turned his life around yet. Well, see, you're going about that thing wrong. Uh, sometimes you sit on the fishing, uh, sit on the bank fishing all day and only catch one. And some days you'll catch them all day long. Well, uh, you might have patience you might have to have the patience to sit there more than an hour or two in order to catch that one fish and you might have enough patience to sit there five hours and and the only thing in the world is that you was there at the wrong time of the day you should have read the farmer's almanac and it would have told you to go at five and instead of one and then uh, you get there at five and catch all the fish in the world you wait around till five o'clock sit there five hours and then you start catching them some old guy pulls up right at five o'clock throws his line in and starts catching them he didn't have to wait you did well your timing was wrong uh well even if your timing's wrong have patience until the timing is right and once the time's right then god will uh give the increase and god will give the increase in his own way of course we're not ruling out got the uh the person you're praying for the person you're trying to warn or the person you're trying to support we're not ruling out their own responsibility uh to respond to god and to give god his place we're not ruling that out but until that all that takes place and until all those things fall into place you're going to have to have 
patience, patience toward all men, he said, whether you're trying to support the weak or comfort the foolish, uh, the feeble-minded, or to uh, uh, warn them that are unruly. You're going to have to have patience toward all those men. And then he says, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. You run out of patience and you begin to want to take God's judgment into your own hands. And certainly there are places in the Bible uh, where you might have to separate from somebody. There might have to be some type of a church discipline, which really is only uh, uh, normally... Uh, comes to the point of uh, of uh, separation. There's no mandate in the Bible for cutting nobody's head off. There's no mandate in the Bible for burning anybody at the stake. That's all Catholic foolishness, and uh, and you might even find some reformers doing something foolish like that. But there's no place in uh, for that sort of thing in the biblical church. There may be call for separation. Uh, there may uh, be a cause and a call for uh, going your separate ways with a, a believer that's acting like an unbeliever. But the Bible says to be patient. And even the separation ought to be after a long period of patience. And so he says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And so we see that it's very important that we have a good Christian character. We have good Christian patience. And even when the, when the feeble-minded won't be comforted, and when the, uh, when the unruly won't be warned, and when uh, the weak won't be strengthened, whatever the case might be, that we don't turn around and uh, try to implement God's judgment when He alone is the one that can judge those things. And I say that in the sense of judging it by bringing uh, retribution on them or punishing them for their sins. There is a judgment in which punishment is given, and then there's also a judgment in which the Bible says if we uh, judge, we're to judge righteous judgment. There is a judgment that doesn't uh, bring punishment upon somebody, but there's a judgment that says that is wrong and I can't have anything to do with that. I can't approve of that. If the person wants to go on in it, you have patience with them and pray to God and ask God to intercede and, and let God do the, uh, be the one that renders evil for evil. Amen. Then he says this, rejoice evermore. Now these things I say are, are tied up very closely with verse 14 and 15. A lot of times when you're trying to comfort the feeble minded or support the weak or warn the ruler you're going to have to remember that in your life there is uh, still a call for rejoicing I've saw preachers run into problems and and try to support somebody or try to help somebody and the the lack of response that they get and the lack of patience that they have will cause them to forget to rejoice about the things that God has done the things that God will for all the people that I know who have rejected the gospel message well hey I can get down and depressed about that but I can also remember the great many people that I know of who have responded to a gospel message I can think of a lot of feeble-minded people including myself that has responded correctly to the gospel I I could classify myself as feeble-minded I could classify myself as weak and I could classify myself many times as unruly but I sure am thankful that God got a hold of my heart I got many things I have many things 
uh, to get straight still in my life. But there's been a lot of things that God dealt with my heart about uh, that by His grace I got right about. And so I can rejoice about that. I've also preached many a message that had people come to the altar and get right and had their hearts changed and their lives changed. I can be very thankful about those things and rejoice about those things. So you see, verse 16 definitely can be uh, connected back to verse 14 and 15 as well. Pray without ceasing. Hey, don't just warn them. Pray for them. Pray without ceasing. God, that person needs help. You, now, you're not being a busybody. You're trying to minister to them. You know uh, for a fact through your own life and through your experiences and through the Word of God that that person, uh, the unruly way that they're running their lives is going to ruin their lives. You know it. You see it coming. They can't see it coming because the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. That's uh, 2 Corinthians and you know that's a fact. You know that's true. Well, you're going to have to pray for them. Not just tell them, but pray for them. A lot of people are in the business of telling, while very few of those tellers are in the business of praying. Uh, tellers need to be prayers. If you're going to be telling people uh, and warning people and comforting people and supporting people and being patient toward people, you're going to have to be praying for people. There's just no question about that at all. And he says in verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A person that's not thankful going to have a hard time ministering to others. And really what you're trying to do for others is you're trying to get them to the place where they're just being thankful. I, when, when I pray for the congregation, I pray that the, congreg uh, the congregation might have fellowship with God. Lord, that they'll start praying. And if they'll start praying in repentance, very soon they'll be praying in fellowship. And so if, if a person is not thankful uh, in that regard, he's not really going to have... Uh, another person, whether it's feeble-minded or unruly or weak, you're not really going to have their best interest at heart. You just want them to be like you. If you're unthankful uh, and you say, well, I'm not unthankful, uh, I'm just not thankful. <laughs> but that doesn't work like that way. If you're not giving thanks, you are unthankful. Uh, a person that's not giving thanks is unthankful. You say, well, in my heart, I'm, I'm really thankful. I just don't tell God thank you a whole lot. You're unthankful. If you're not giving thanks, you're unthankful. If you've got a bunch of facts in your head that this ought to be this way and that ought to be that way and this ought to be this way and this other person's not living the way I'm living, I'm going to minister to them and correct them. Yeah, there's no way that you can uh, be an effective minister towards them because you're unthankful. And if you're unthankful, you have nothing to minister to them because all in the world that you need to minister to them is the gospel, which will make them thankful for salvation, which is the word of God, which will make them thankful for righteousness and thankful for holiness and thankful for being uh, uh, workers that will walk worthy of the vocation. Listen, you can't minister thankfulness unless you are thankful and so the bible says in everything give thanks for this is the will of god 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 in christ jesus concerning you and then he says this quench not the spirit don't purposely resist the leadership of god don't purposely resist what god's trying to do quench not the spirit uh the word quench is like uh, the best illustration of it is to take a bucket of water and pour it on a fire. Well, the fire's going out. 
If the, if the fire's really hot, you might put some of the flames out and the flames might flame back up. Uh, the hotter the fire is, the more it takes to quench that fire. And the more control that the Holy Spirit has in a person's life or in a person's ministry, uh, well, it might take more or less, depending, just like I said, it might take more or less to put that out. But the Bible says not to purposely resist the leadership of God, what God's trying to do. If the preacher's trying to preach and the preacher's trying to help you, don't, don't, uh, don't quench it. Don't put, don't put it out. That's why it says, verse 20, despise not prophesying. It says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. If you got somebody that's trying to minister to you, or if you're trying to minister to somebody else, and you know that's what God wants you to do, uh, don't find a way out of it. Well, I can move on now. I've told them once or twice, and and you know they they're resistant. Well, have a little patience. Have a little, little long suffering, and you can quote a verse of scripture that said. Uh, uh, he that is an heretic after the first or second admonition reject, knowing that he's subverted. You could quote that scripture and say, boy, I only got to talk to them twice. <clears throat> well, every, every act of unbelief is not considered heresy. Un unbelief, matter of fact, heresy has to do with teaching. Heresy has to do with teaching a thing, not believing a thing. And a person's an unbeliever, that doesn't make him a heretic. It's really two different things. Uh, maybe somebody that's unruly, maybe it's going to take some long suffering. That's why it says have patience. Well, if all you had to do was tell him twice, that wouldn't take no patience. You could get that over with in a day's time. Go once in the morning, go once in the evening, then forget about it. Well, that's not what God has in mind. If you have to witness to him 20 years, be patient. Uh, don't, uh, don't purposely resist what God's trying to do. Well, you know, I've told him once or twice, and uh, you know, Lord, I'm not going over there and talking to him no more. Well, what you're doing is really quenching the Holy Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit, which says to go back and to go back and to go back. Because God went back to you, and even after you were saved, God's been back to you many times over the same things. And so you ought to, you ought to not quench the the Spirit of God and what He's trying to do for you and you ought not to quench the Spirit of God for what He's trying to do for others. It might be a headache. It might be a heartache. It might be monotonous. But keep going back to the same people and keep praying for the same people and keep giving thanks and keep on praying and keep on doing the things that you ought to do and, uh, and don't let anything quench uh, what the Spirit of God's trying to do in your life and other people's life. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. You say, well, that sure is boring preaching. Well, if it's boring preaching, find out if it's right or wrong. It might be right boring. Could be wrong boring. Could be boring because it is wrong. It could also be boring because you backslid and you ain't been doing what's necessary. As my old preacher used to say, uh, you don't like good food because you've been eating junk food. And that's the same way in the spiritual life. You may not like the good things because you've been listening to too much bad things. It, it'd be really hard to uh, sit and listen to this dynamic uh, rock and roll music or rap music and all the dynamic programming that they got on TV and come in and listen to I guess you do get bored when a preacher preaches over 30 minutes if that's the case but somebody that's trying to do the right thing and is really trying to prove all things and hold fast that which is good uh, he won't despise the preaching even if it is a little bit boring now I, I'm I'm all for 
dynamic preaching, if that's what you want to call it. I'll put it this way. I'm for preaching that ain't boring. I'm for preaching that means something. I'm for preaching that's well digested. Uh, I'm not for the preaching that somebody got out of somebody else's book and they memorized this verse and they memorized where this other verse is and, and now they can just pull it out of the hat sometimes whenever they feel led to do it. And I believe I'll teach on being thankful today or I believe I'll preach on this subject today. And I went through Dr. So-and-so's book and I got all these verses and I wrote them down until I've got them memorized. And this week I'm just going to throw it on the congregation. To me that usually isn't very good at all, but at least the, what the Bible tells me to do, if the, if the preacher is not going to do his job and, uh, and, and have a sermon that's well digested and well prayed about and, and, and well studied. If he's not going to do that, at least I can uh, not despise the preaching and I can take what he's saying and I can at least prove if it's good boring or bad boring or true boring or false boring and I can get something out of it myself and I can go home and take the passages of scripture and, and what I think the preacher was trying to say and I can prove it and I can hold fast if it's good and I, maybe it might be untrue maybe there's something false about it well I don't have to despise the preacher and I don't have to dis despise the message I can get what's good out of it and I can prove all things like the Bible said about the Bereans he said they were noble because they went home and studied and they found out whether or not those things were so abstain from all appearance of evil that's a very great verse and it means exactly what it says and I really don't think it takes that much time to talk about these uh, 